Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Guys, our second sponsor for today's podcast is Alloy Sports. Look, I know a lot of y'all have listened to our podcast for a long time, but y'all are probably wondering by now where I get my stats and trends from. Well, if you want to build winning systems and use trends and stats like I do, download the Alloy Sports app. The app, the link is in my bio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TP3Bets. Go click on it. Download it, guys. I promise, guys, it will help you guys bet like a pro. If y'all want to use the same trends and everything I do, download it now. Alloy Sports, once again, that's A-L-L-O-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S, Alloy Sports. Y'all go download it and give them a listen. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you guys on Friday, December 30th, 2022. I am joined by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. Yo, great time of the year. Bowl season's in full effect. Um, so many games every day. So fun to keep up with everything. And then the college football playoff and New Year's. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, happy New Year from me and Ben both. This will be our last podcast of the year. We've pranked out quite a few over the course of this year, guys. Um, so luckily, um, we weren't able to give you all out our uh, best bet on UCLA minus five and a half as that we are broadcasting Friday instead of Thursday. But regardless, we're here. First, we're going to give you guys observations. Then you all know what we do. It's time for the picks that everybody wants including in-depth analysis of the college football playoff. Ben, let's do this thing. Let's do it. I'll run through some observations real quick. Only about seven of them this week. All right, I got to get ahead of something. Um, I'm going to look you right in the face. I would not take Tua over Justin Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad but we figured it, that one for, out. For, in serious note, let's talk about Tua real quick because he now has his third concussion uh, in a season. Um He's probably going to miss this week. Um, obviously, he he could miss some time. Like we're we're talking a very serious health issue at this point. Um, I don't think concussions have anything to do with being like fragile. I, concussions happen to everyone, whether you're tough, weak. Like it, a concussion's a concussion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you can't say he's made of glass because he's getting concussions. That that is a part of football, unfortunately. What do you think? Um, I'm not going to make you predict like whether he should come back at all this season, whether he should miss some time, whether he should consider retirement. I'm not, we're not doctors, but 
I do think he's one serious injury, whether it's to his uh, head or brain or to any part of his body. I think he's one more away from walking away from football. He's already had a serious ankle injury in college. Mm-hmm. He's had uh, multiple concussions in the NFL already. He's he's due to get a big payday this year in, in terms of extensions. So w- w- like w- he he should really like talk to doctors and think long term at this point, don't you think? No, I think it's just been a little unluckiness, you know, with all the injuries and stuff that he's been getting. I think that he ultimately, you know, will be able to – I think he definitely needs to talk to doctors and figure out ways, you know, to kind of to try to prevent what's been happening to him. But ultimately, I think that Tua can still figure it out and have a long career in the NFL. I hope so. Love watching him play, obviously. Um, Same here. Recap the Eagles-Cowboys game. You were there, so just you want to talk about – I mean, it was a great game you saw. Yeah, it was a great game, great environment. Uh, lots of fans of both teams in there. Jerry World's a heck of a stadium. If you all haven't a chance to go yet, I highly recommend. But, you know, ultimately, I thought that it showed that Cow- – I mean, well, I'll say this first. The Cowboys' defense has gotten pro- progressively worse as the season's yeah. gone on and on and on. And but I mean, they, the- rank, they rank number one in uh, forcing turnovers for the second season in a row. Yeah, and I was listening to a podcast as well earlier where they kind of try to take away, you know, where they basically try to tell like what the luck factor is in turnovers and what like that a um and like what defensive force turnovers are, and they still rank number one in like their defense forcing turnovers. So at the same time, it's not lucky when it's their defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I thought that the Eagles probably should have won that game if it weren't for some unfortunate turnovers and. Ultimately, I think that I mean last night Dak looked horrible. I I don't th- I think Dallas is good. I don't think they're great. I think the Eagles are much better considering the fact they almost won that game with their backup quarterback. So speaking of Dak, Dak is currently tied with Derek Carr for the league leading in interceptions at fourteen. Dak Prescott missed like four games, mm-hmm. five games. Like that's pretty bad. That's um, very bad. Do Cowboys fans react? To Dak Prescott, are they are there any boos? Are they are they still like do they still love him? But if they go like three and out, or if he misses a pass on third down, do they boo or do they, they just kind of sit there and quiet? They were kind of sitting there in silence. I think that they're pretty impartial on Dak so far. Got it. Let's move on. Vikings 61 yard field goal to win the game. Um, just an insane field goal. But let's talk about Justin Jefferson. He's closing in on the first ever 2000 yard season. Um, MVP conversation, or is he just the offensive player of the year? I guess I would say he's probably just the offensive player of the year because you don't really want to give that award to a quarterback. That's kind of what the MVP is for. But it's like I mean, the Heisman's yeah. usually quarterbacks, and then like the the other like position awards. Mm-hmm, exactly, and I think on top of that, don't get me wrong, it's impressive. He's probably going to be the first ever two thousand yard receiver. But at the same time, they they do play an extra game. And this is a little bit weaker of an NFL when it comes to being able to touch receivers and stuff. I feel like if Calvin Johnson had an extra game that season, he broke the record. He probably. I think, I think Justin Jefferson's on pace through the 16 games that Calvin Johnson did. I think Jefferson had passed him or, or it's close because I think. Really? Like right now. Yeah. Well, let me check real quick because Jefferson, uh, or excuse me, um, what's his name? Calvin Johnson had. Actually, no, he's not. Uh, Calvin Johnson finished with like 1964, I think. Okay. Like 1,964 yards, and he's at 1756 right now, Justin Jefferson. Um, so he would have one more week to break that in. 
he's not going to. But regard, I think if he got the 2000 season, I, I think you could easily make him the MVP. Like that's I don't, something that no one has ever done before is, is a perfect reason to give an award. I mean, we saw it in, with the Heisman Trophy. Devontae Smith put up numbers that we haven't seen receivers do in a very long time, and he got the award. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to bring it away from quarterbacks. But, uh, I, listen, he's had an unbelievable year, and he's going to get paid for it. Um, Daniel Jones and the Giants, they look pretty good. I, I'm pretty comfortable with saying Daniel Jones is getting another year. Yeah, I think that – I don't know if he'll get extended or not, but he's definitely going to get tagged. I think so. Uh, I think he deserves it as well. The Panthers, mm-hmm. your Carolina Panthers, continue to shine. Here we are, man. They can win the division <laughs> on on Sunday if they can beat the Bucs. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest <laughs> with you, in this in this game. On Sunday, I'm not betting on it personally, but it is kind of crazy to still be sitting here and them still be around. The Jags shine in an ugly game, and their playoff chances all come down to next Sunday when they play against the Titans. Or yeah, is it that, Monday? Um, no, it's on Sunday. They, Sunday, they don't do yeah. Mon- they don't do Sunday. I don't. I guess they still do Sunday night football, but they don't do Monday night football or Thursday night next week. Um, I just want to say this: it is absolutely insane that the Titans have had eighty-three players injured over the last two seasons or put on IR. I feel that like they. I feel like they are always the most injured team. Absolutely. Um, Watson, as in Deshaun Watson, and the Browns lose an ugly one. Um, to the Saints. It was actually the coldest recorded, recorded game in Cleveland. It was five degrees, and that's without the windshield. Could you imagine sitting in those stands, watching that game, paying money, probably over $100 a ticket to go to that game, and Deshaun Watson and the Browns look like this? Now, listen, we've already talked about this. We don't have to go in depth. Uh, you're kind of giving him a pass just because he doesn't have the chemistry, the continuity. Um but that contract in year one just it flat flat out landed on its face. But the Browns knew that. That's why they're not paying him that much money in year one because uh, they knew he could be suspended. Um, but he hasn't improved. Like he hasn't looked better from week to week just yet. Um, but they're not making the playoffs, so they'll have a long off season to get better. Um, yep. The Titans. Let's talk about the Titans real quick because we just talked about the Jags. Titans can't move. I had an observation written down that the Titans can't move the ball with Malik Willis at all. Well, guess what? Last night they changed it up and went with Josh Dobbs. From what you saw from Josh Dobbs last night, and let's, I think it's, I think we have to put an emphasis on the point that the Titans never expected to win that football game. Let's be honest. They were essentially playing a preseason squad except for their starting receivers. Josh Dobbs looked very good to me. He looked very comfortable to me. I I don't know how you look at the Malik Willis tape you have and say that that gives you a better chance to win than what Josh Dobbs did last night. What do you think? Yeah, and look, I wouldn't be shocked to see see Josh Dobbs get in this game. I mean, if it gets ugly quick, I could definitely see Josh Dobbs getting in there. So I do think Malik will start, even though I don't agree with the decision. I think if he's bad in the first quarter, I think it's a quick yank. Like, this is a must-win game. The Titans don't care about uh, the fact that probably no one wants to see them in the playoffs, whether it's Josh Dobbs or Malik Wills. But that's Vrabel's job. His job is to win games. Mm-hmm. He's going to do whatever's necessary. I think the answer is Josh Dobbs. Agreed completely. That's it for observations. Quick, I'll run through the record of last week and – Total, um, brother, you continue to be hot. You continue you. to keep this podcast record going afloat. Last week, college football record three and zero from you. 
Uh, brings a total of 19, 20, and 2, 1 and 0 for me in college football, 22 and 15 on the year. NFL, you continue to just steamroll your bookie. 4 and 1 NFL week just from the podcast picks, 20 and 12 and 1 overall in the NFL, 1 and 2 last week. Uh, for me in the NFL, 19 and 13 overall as a podcast, we are 80, 60, and three pushes. Hey, not bad for some free picks. Let's keep it going. But, you know, hey, me and Ben did a good job. Ben carried us for a while at the beginning. Now I'm carrying been us about, now. So. We've been above 50% the entire season. Hey, that's all you can ask for, man, just to stay above 50% and keep soaring. Um, like I said, I'm glad we didn't give out UCLA on here, but let's start things out, Ben, in college football, as we always do. Um, by the way, DTR is faking an injury now. I don't know if you can see the game or not. Hopefully you can't. Um, but let's start things out here. Let's start out with the early game. This game's going to kick off at 4 p.m. This is the Fiesta Bowl. We have TCU taking on Michigan. Um, Michigan's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Ben, what's your thoughts on this game, and what are you taking in the game and why? I'm taking TCU plus seven-and-a-half. Uh, first of all, the better number as an underdog to take, obviously being over a touchdown, over the football number. I think Max Duggan's an absolute gamer. I think he will do everything in his willpower to keep this team in this game, whether they get down big early, I think they come back. I think TCU has the athletes to keep this thing close. Um, the, the Listen, you guys know by now I'm a strength versus weakness guy. Michigan can throw the football. It, you can't say they can't throw the ball downfield more because they did on Ohio mm-hmm. State. But they don't do it in an explosive manner. I think they want to run the ball, tire out TCU, and then try to open up the pass game. Listen, I think TCU knows their run defense isn't great. They have a long time to prepare for this. I think TCU wants a game where it's high scoring going back and forth because they know their offense can outscore Michigan. I, I, I don't know how you could have more confidence in Michigan's offense over TCU's, what we've seen from this year. TCU can put up a ton of points, and they can do it quickly. Um, I, you know what, this is like a, when you line up in the trenches, I think Michigan will be the stronger team. Don't get me wrong. But what TCU does is they move the pocket so well with Duggan. They do these yeah. sweeps, they do rollouts. And I think that's going to minimize Michigan's strength up front. And I think TCU keeps this game close. I really do. Plus seven and a half for the Horn Frogs. Yeah. So guys, me and Ben don't disagree that often, honestly, on the podcast, but I'm actually going to go against Ben here on this one. Um, look, neither of these teams, Ben, you are right in that, in that fact, neither of these teams really seen a team like each other all season long playing in the big 10 and like Michigan, you don't really see offenses like TCU has And on the flip side of things you playing in the uh, big 12, you're not going to see an offense really like Michigan runs. Michigan's offensive line won the Joe Moore award for the best offensive line. I think they're just simply going to be too big in the trenches for TCU. And I think they're going to be able to push them around. I think TCU is going to be able to put up some points as well. You know, Michigan's, um, offense is averaging 40.1 points per game, 25 points per game is what TCU's defense is giving up. So you're right. They're definitely not in slouches here. I think Michigan will be able to run the football and set up those explosive passing plays like they have all season long. I expect this game to be really tight in the first half. Like I expect to be like a probably like a three-point game or so at halftime. But I just think in the second half, Michigan's going to keep going, keep going. They're going to eventually pull away and put this game away. I'm going to go minus seven and a half on Michigan. I think J.J. McCarthy and the offense figured something out. Donovan Edwards is pretty solid. I do wish they had had uh, Blake Corum, I almost said Hassan Haskins, running the football. But, you know, you can't always have everything. I think there's the fact that McCarthy, like, I think that's a huge confidence booster for him, just the fact they came out and beat Ohio State the way they did. I think he's going to keep it going here. See the story he said that when uh, he was thinking about going to Ohio State when Urban Meyer was the coach, and then he uh, 
retired and they went to Ryan Day and Ryan Day they had a conversation and Ryan Day said we'd prefer to go to a different direction at the quarterback position. So JJ McCarthy said, fine, I'll go to Michigan. Dang. <laughs> I guess Ohio State's got Urban Meyer to blame for why they caught another L this year to Michigan. Um, let's keep things rolling here, though. Let's go now to the UGA versus Ohio State game. This game is he played in our backyard in Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia's six and a half point favorite in this game. Actually, it's down at six now. Um, I'll start us out on this game. I actually, so I'll give you all my presentation here for what side I would take, even though I'm not going to bet a side, I'm going to go to the total instead. So look, I just feel like that nobody likes that nobody likes Ohio State in this spot, and it kind of scares me because I mean, what happened last time we saw Ohio State, you know, kind of play embarrassing, and nobody gave them a chance. That was when they smashed Clemson in that bowl game. At the same time, though. I don't think Ohio State's defense really matches up well at all against Georgia. Like, I don't think they really have anybody to guard um, Brock Bowers or or um, Washington. The uh, other, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think they match up well at all with those tight ends. Um, I mean, we saw them get just absolutely destroyed through the air. Um, I, at the same time, though, I can't really get Georgia getting carved up by LSU's backup out of the back of my mind. Georgia's pass rush actually doesn't grade out that well, and they are susceptible to explosive passes. I mean, even thinking back to that Missouri game, you know, like they really only got hit up on those big passing plays. So I think that ultimately in this game, Ohio State's offense is good, but Stroud's not good when he has to make those extra reads. I think this game's going to be a track meet. I have Georgia winning this game 41-34, and I actually think Ohio State's going to punch one in in garbage time. But I think pretty much what will happen is both these teams will get on the board early to start the game out. And then there's going to be a point in the game where that Ohio State starts to fall behind and Stroud is just, you know, forced to sling something up there, throws, turns the ball over, gives Georgia some favorable field position. And I think Georgia starts to put some crooked numbers up and never looks back ultimately in the game. But I think this one will start out as a good game. I just, I just think Georgia and Michigan are on another level from everybody else. And I think that it's inevitable. These two teams are going to play each other. I just don't see a scenario where Ohio State comes in and gets a W here. You said the over. Yeah, the over 60, it's at a uh, 62 and a half. That's what I'm taking. Perfect. I am taking Georgia minus six. Um, I think it's a game that could be close at halftime. I think the, I, I, I think Georgia is better everywhere across the board. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, I think Ohio State is great playmakers. They have a quarterback that can make plays with his arm. Don't get me wrong. I, Georgia's secondary is tremendous. They have a long time to prepare for this game. I think they'll be able to get after C.J. Stroud on certain downs, not like the whole game, but I think, you know, third downs, they can come up with big stops more than Ohio State can. Um, what's kind of interesting, so two years ago now, when you go back to the when Michigan beat Ohio State, Michigan out-physicaled Ohio State and punched it down their throats. But if you kind of go back this year, it was the same, but a lot of Michigan's speed that I don't think Ohio State knew Michigan had. Now, remember, Ronnie Bell was back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't play two years ago. They had another receiver uh, back. They know Blake Corum's speed, but Blake Corum wasn't the main guy two years ago. It was Hassan Haskins. Like, I think they surprised them. You don't know the speed that, like, Darnell Washington has. I'm not saying he's, like, a blazing guy, but he's, like, yeah. six-foot everything, and he moves better than most linebackers do. I don't think they know the speed Bowers. And I think Ladd McConkey is a guy who goes deep for Georgia a lot. I think his speed yep. is, is uh, disrespected. Georgia's getting back A.D. Mitchell, uh, who's missed a couple games at receiver. He's he's like a big, big play receiver for them in big games. And I just think there's too much talent. Um, I think – I just think Georgia pounces on him second half. I think it gets physical. I think they run the ball. 
Uh, it opens it up for Stetson. Uh, so I'm going to go Georgia minus six. Yeah, I like the side you're on there. I, I agree completely. I think Georgia's going to at some point – I mean, let's be honest, Ben. The college football playoff, there really haven't been much parity in general. Like, we typically see the top teams come out and roll their opponents. I mean, really the only games that we ever had any parity was when Ohio State upset Alabama – and then obviously they upset Oregon in the national championship. And then also it's crazy too, that that is an upset when yeah. Ohio state had that much talent on their team with sequel Elliott and Michael Thomas. And I yeah, the I mean, realistic, realistically, it's not an upset, but it was, but. yeah, but it was. And then, I mean, really the only other upset was, um, was when Ohio state rolled Clemson when they yeah. had Trevor Lawrence. Those are really like the only two upsets. Typically it's just pretty straightforward. And well, we haven't, we ha- we still haven't had two quality close semifinal games. I don't believe. No, we haven't. I mean, the jo- Georgia and uh, Oklahoma game went to overtime. That was that the one was close, Georgia but went. the Alabama blew out Oklahoma on the other side. Yeah, exactly. Like everything always is, or or no, uh, Cl- Alabama blew out Clemson that year on the or other Clemson, side. That was the Kelly, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, the Kelly yeah. Bryant. Yeah, yeah that yeah. game was that. That only time that game was close was when they kicked the ball off. Um, yeah, I mean it's, I don't know. I I think that let's put it this way. I think that TCU and Ohio State can both come out here and play and play a little bit closer games. So I think this should be better to watch. Um, let's keep things moving though here, Ben. Let's go to the NFL side of things. Um, coming off a of big NFL week, I'll start us out here. I'm gonna go ahead. Usually, you know what. I'm going to st- I'll stay in rotation order since I always do it that way. First game up here I'm going to give out is one of my picks. I'm taking the Browns plus two and a half at the Washington Commanders. Um, I like the Browns a lot here in this spot, guys. I think the Commanders are a pretty fraudulent team. Teams, they, so they played the 49ers last week and got drubbed. Teams who played the 49ers the week before are one and 13 straight up, three, 10 and one against the spread. On top of that, the Browns' offense struggled lately. Since 2019, teams to score fewer than 20 points in three straight weeks, then they're listed as an underdog, are 52 and 30 against the spread. That's good for 63.4%. And when it's in December or later, and you're off, and your team who scored 14 or points in it or fewer in consecutive games. These teams are are 127, 85, and four against the spread. That's good for 60. percent um, I think that the Browns are going to come out here. The Browns are the better team. I think that Sean Watson and company, you know, they've had trouble getting used to each other. They played two terrible weather games. This game should be in a little bit better weather, so they should be able to get their footing in. This defense is nasty. I mean, let's let's be honest. The Browns was over in the NFC. They're probably in the playoffs. And Stefanski is much better as an underdog than he is as a favorite. I think it's a good spot for him. Give me the Browns. I'm going to divisional unders this year. I only have two plays. Um, they're both divisional unders. I'm going to go Dolphins at Patriots under 41. Tua doesn't seem like he's playing. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's in. Patriots do have a pretty good defense. Um, Patriots often struggles to move the ball quite often. Uh, is, is Mac Jones playing? Because that's at this point, I hate to say it, but it's better for the under if Mac Jones plays <laughs> and not Zappy. Um, I have not seen an official ruling yet on Mac. Um, uh, I'm taking under 41 in this game. Divisional unders are still hitting. I think it's like 62. percent Um, and it's outdoors, so that's in your favor. Yeah, it's as outdoors. Well. I mean, Dolphins going up to the north. Teddy Bridgewater is just he's not he's not Teddy Two Gloves when he got that nickname. Teddy covers. Come on, man. That's the nickname. Although he is one in four against the spread in his last five starts now. Um, for the next game up for me, 
This game's also on at one o'clock. I'm going with the Bears and the Lions. I don't like any sides in this game. Lions minus six probably hits. But I'm taking the over at 52 in this game. The Bears are eight and one to the over since their bye week. That was when they said they installed their new offense. It was that running heavy offense for Justin Fields. The Lions, not only are they six and two to the over at home this season, but they're the highest scoring team in the NFL at home, averaging 32 points per game. And the Bears, over their eight game losing streak, are giving up 32 points per game. I see a lot of points getting put up here. It's going to be a fast track playing indoors in Detroit. I even think Justin Fields is going to have some success in this game. It looks like the Bears receivers are going to be a go for them as well. I think this. I think it's going to take 40. I think the final score of this game is going to be like 45, like 30. So I think we go way over this total. I think it should be in the 60s. Yeah, I'm on this as well. Uh, you and I talked about at the beginning of the week. We were just waiting for the news on the Bears receivers, mm-hmm. and uh, we got some good news. So. My second and last pick, just two picks this week. Uh, divisional under, once again, give me 49ers and Raiders under 42. How in the world is Jarrett Stidham about to score on the 49ers defense? No, thank you. Like the 49ers go up big. I think they cruise the rest of the game. Don't want to get anyone injured. A um, lot of running the football from from the Raiders side, and, and the 49ers is very tough to move the football on anyone. I'm just really hoping Jarrett Sidham doesn't have more than one interception that gives the 49ers short field. He, I'll give you one, Stidham. <laughs> but yeah, under but, 42. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I don't even hate the team total under. I think the team total is like 17 and a half. I don't even see how they're going to get 10 points on the 49ers defense. 49ers, I don't know if you said it or not, but they have the best run defense in the NFL. So like, they have, did I think did, I thought they had the best overall defense. Yeah, oh yeah, they have the best yeah. overall defense, but especially the run. So yeah, good luck with that. Um, for me, four o'clock, this is what I got two more for y'all. I'm going under 45 in Kansas city and Denver. I think this number is too high because of the perception of Kansas city's offense and thinking they're good, but actually Kansas city's one and six to the under at home. The Broncos are two and five to the under on the road. And plus it's divisional under after week 10 outdoor where these teams literally just played two weeks ago. So we have all those things going in our favor here. Plus um, there's going to be multiple guys out on the Broncos offense. I just think this Broncos team's completely falling apart. I think, yeah, Hackett's out. Maybe you'll get a more motivated game. I doubt it though, because Russell Wilson is still their quarterback and I don't think anybody likes him at this point. So I'm no, a lot of his teammates backed him up on Twitter this week. Yeah, I mean, I saw Jerry Judy back him up. What else is he it was, do? He's, uh, stuck, he's stuck catching passes from him for the next five years. It was most of the receivers. KJ Hamler said something. Judy said something. Offensive lineman said something. Yeah, I mean, of course they're going to. Those guys are stuck with a bum for life, so they might as well said, go ahead. And was back it under forty five? Yeah, under forty five. And then my last, I think. By the way, I think that under should be like in the thirties. So I think there's a lot of value on it. And then my last one here. This is my favorite side of the entire week. This is my max bet. Give me the Packers minus three and a half at home hosting the Vikings. So first of all, teams with record with a record similar to the Vikings, it's like over whatever their win percentage is when they are the underdog to a team with a worse with a worse record than them. This late in the season in December, these teams are and nine straight up and they have covered zero. The team that is favored, a.k.a. the Packers, those teams are eight 
0-1 against the spread as they did push one. On top of that, the Packers have won 14 straight games at home. And this isn't 1 o'clock, Kirk Cousins. This game click, kicks off at 4 o'clock, therefore that <laughs> doesn't apply here. Kirk Cousins in his worst spot. He's going to be playing outside in the cold. This Packers team's trying to make the playoffs. Give me the Packers. Love it. Um, anything, any other bets for you, Ben? Uh, I'm still kind of looking at some stuff with just like the NFL. I, I haven't, I'm still trying to confirm. Like I, I thought I saw earlier in the week, the Raiders might be sitting multiple starters, but I haven't confirmed like if Josh Jacobs is playing or just kind of other teams. So it'll be late uh-huh. ads. Um, but just to recap in college football, in the college football playoff, I am on Georgia minus six TCU plus seven and a half. Thomas is on Michigan minus seven and a half. Georgia and Ohio State over 62 and a half. And then in, in the NFL, Dolphins and Patriots under 41, 49ers and Raiders under 42. Those are my plays. Thomas is on Browns plus two and a half. Bears and Lions over 52. I'll be on that too. Chiefs and Broncos under 45 and Packers minus three and a half. Um, Ben, before we get out of here, man, my Noel's got it done yesterday. Let's talk about your boys, though. Tomorrow morning, we got Alabama taking on Kansas State. Spread on that game seven. What do you think about that game? Well, Alabama starters are playing, the ones yep. that haven't transferred out. Um, I think that's a great sign. It's it's uh, to kind of tells you about the program, what each each kid kind of thinks of the program. I, I loved your Seminoles yesterday. It was a close game. I did not take the minus 10, but uh, my bet hit on Florida State yesterday. But uh, they look good. They moved the ball offense. They were very balanced attack. They look good. Defense is whatever, but they were missing some guys, I believe. Yeah. Um, Alabama, I do think, is like motivated to like play in this game. I think this senior class really does want to go out on top. They A lot of them came back from the junior year. The motto of the offseason on all the Instagram captions were like unfinished business. Um, I'm pretty scared of Deuce Vaughn. I'll be honest. If as long if he's in Will Anderson's arms, I don't feel bad because Will Anderson's three times <laughs> the size. Yeah, but I feel like he is just going to run all over Alabama. Um, I think it should be a good game. I think both teams are coming in motivated. I think it's two obviously well coached teams, two teams that know their playing style and know their roles very well. I would lean Alabama because of, I mean, the best player, the best players in this game all favor Alabama. Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing in this game. I think that's a huge yeah. added bonus to like the Tide. Yeah, no, I like Alabama here, too. I don't know if I'm going to end up betting on the game or not, but I for all the same reasons as you. I mean, it's huge those guys are playing. I mean, Kansas State is no, are no slouches. You know what I mean? They're not a bunch of bums by any means. They're a good football team. I just think Alabama's – like, these guys for Alabama didn't return to come out here and lose this game. Alabama's going to give them their best shot, and I think that ultimately it'll be too much for Kansas State to handle. Um. All right, guys. That's all we got for y'all today. We will be back on our regular schedule next week. Um. We'll probably, we'll probably try to get something out there earlier in the week. Actually, do like an observations pod because we'll probably want to talk in depth about these college football playoff games. I mean, if if the games are total blowouts, we probably won't. But as long as the games are good, we probably will talk about them in depth for a little while and give y'all other observations. So, with that being said, appreciate everyone who tuned in. Ben, you excited for New Year's, man? Absolutely. Happy New Year once again from me and Ben to everyone, and we'll talk to you all again soon.